0: Is, is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just
1: awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe.
0: Hey, babe. How are you? I'm
1: great. How are you?
0: Doing great.
1: So we have Colby Koloff on our show today. Yeah, she is so cool. I love that. She's part of this. I met her at a Bob's dream big, which is so awesome. Met so many cool people at that event. Um, But what's so cool about her is she's a reality star. Interesting. Yeah. On a series that was called Preacher's Daughter. What do you think that means?
0: We need to watch it.
1: <laughs> yes, well, I have actually um you need to watch it, Adam.
0: I will watch it then.
1: <laughs> yes, but what's so cool is she is the youngest of four sisters. Her her dad was a professional wrestler before he became a pastor and um in this show series was about following these five pastor's daughters around. So, that's kind of was her link into stardom, but now she is a Christian music singer. How amazing is that? Really cool. I'm interested to know who her father is. Oh, yes. You should look him up because <laughs> because that's some good old trivia. Is that wrestling? I grew up in a wrestling Yeah, Babe, we could talk more about biceps and um, how strong people are because that's the trend with you being my co-host as we talk about men's bodies.
0: We need to stop that. (laughs) It's a terrible idea.
1: (laughs) You're the one who's like drooling over how big biceps are. (laughs) (laughs) As long as we're not drooling over any women's parts, that's okay with me then.
0: All right, we can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, she was such a delight to have on the show. And what I love about her is that she speaks to um, young people about just their walk in life. And so she's a speaker, a singer, an actress. She's got a lot of things going for her. And this interview is just so fantastic. So let's pop over and listen to Colby Koloff. <laughs> Well, I am so excited to welcome Colby Koloff onto our Destined for Greatness show. Colby, how's it going?
0: Hello. It is going (laughs) so good.
1: I am so happy to have you on our show. You were somebody that I met at Dream Big in Nashville. I think it was like, was it a year ago maybe? Maybe more? It was. Yes. I know. I think
0: it was last March.
1: Yes, last March. And I remember thinking like, that girl has so much going on so much going for you. You're so young and you're such a dreamer. And I was like, I've got to have you on my podcast. So I'm so thankful that it worked out and, um, that you're going to spend time with me today.
0: Oh, thank you for thinking of me. Yes.
1: Okay. So for our listeners who don't know you, which I'm sure a lot of them do, can you kind of give us a snapshot of who you are and what you do? Yes. So,
0: um, so I was born in North Carolina to two parents who um, were pastors. So because of that, we moved around a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point in my life, I actually did reality television. It followed my life as a pastor's kid. Yeah. Um, so that threw me into the entertainment world uh, at a very young age. So from there, I went on to sign a publishing deal, sign a record deal, Um, So I I did the Christian music scene for a couple of years, um, really felt like that wasn't necessarily what I was for. Um, So kind of edged out of that, I still am a songwriter for other people. um, But now I primarily focus on my brand. Mm -hmm. So I travel and I speak a lot. Um, and then I make vlogs and do all of that stuff, (laughs) which are so fun.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, when I was preparing all of my stuff for you, I thought, oh my gosh, where do I even start? Because you have done so many things and I know it's rude to ask people's age, but can you tell us how old you are?
0: I am 23 <laughs> as of last Tuesday.
1: Happy birthday. I love that because when I, I knew how old you were and I was just like, oh my gosh, she has done so many things and continue to dream big. So let's back up a little bit. Preacher's daughter. How did all of that come about? <laughs> That's crazy.
0: Uh, it is. It's It honestly feels like a different life. It, um, it happened when I was about 15 years old. Yeah. So basically long me short. I tried out for cheerleading, Mm -hmm. and just to let everyone listening know, I am not a cheerleader. (laughs) All three of my older sisters were. They all made it. They killed it. (laughs) I was always the tomboy in my family, and I played sports. For some reason, decided my sophomore year of high school I was going to try out. Um, What do you know? I did not make it. (laughs) So I had a couple days of just feeling really bad about myself. And my mom saw this post on a Facebook group. Um, and she was in the entertainment world as well, um, for like radio shows and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's how she was in this group. And, and this post said, if you have a daughter, you know, ages 15 to 19, please send in her photo. And they yeah. didn't say anything about what it was about. Not a show, nothing. Mm-hmm. So she just was like, okay, I'll do this. And they asked if they could talk with me and interview me and, she thought, hey, this will be fun for Kobe to get her mind off the whole cheerleading thing. Right. You know, they're just going to interview her for a magazine or whatever this is for. Right. Um, about life as a preacher's daughter. And so that is how it all unfolded.
1: Wow, and of course, so if anybody, goodness, I am not good at cheer. <laughs> thank goodness. Well, your life took a turn, but also just the beauty inside of you. I'm sure they looked at your picture and are like, "We are casting her in this because you are drop dead gorgeous." And um, and so tell me about that there as a reality star. So they would follow you around in just your day to day life and the pressures of being a
0: preacher's daughter basically so how reality television works um kind of at the beginning before you go into your filming season you sit down you know with the producers and everything and say okay what's going on the next three months in our lives Mm -hmm. pinpoint those things and then it's like okay what's going to be going on between these bigger events and so um so we would plot it all out not in a You know, it's basically acting way, just in a structural way. Right. um, So that they're not just following aimlessly getting me brushing my teeth. You know, they're actually getting the stuff that other people would be interested in. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I filmed, you know, at 15, 16 years old, I was filming like six days a week after school on the weekends. Oh, my Uh, gosh! So yeah, it it was a lot. Yeah. Um, Would you say that was fun and,
1: and special and good or was it, I mean, I can only imagine how hard that would be too. Was it hard? It was,
0: mm. um, you know, it. my entire family was the only whole family that was incorporated on the mm. show because, you know, my sisters and my mom and like, they're just all amazing and they're hilarious. And, um, uh. and so being able to do it as a family made it a lot easier right um, but you know you at 15 16 you already have high school and drama and boy problems mm-hmm. Like you have all of these other things that you're going through right um, that I think it's just it's really difficult to throw being seen by like five million people a week right on Onto all of that, so that's probably what made it the most difficult.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, so then that ends in songwriting, singing. Had you always been a singer, or is this something that um, kind of came because of the show?
0: So I had always sang in the shower, um, <laughs> and I, I, I did love to sing. I sang in my eighth grade talent show. Um, but I had an asthma attack afterwards. Oh, so gosh. Crazy. My comfort was, like, <laughs> um, you know, so much. So I, would, if my mom wanted to hear me, I'd be like, okay, stand behind the door.
1: <laughs> I don't want to look um, at you.
0: Yeah. So mm. right when I was in my senior year and I was actually looking uh, to graduate early. Yeah. So my graduation year was 2014, but I finished um, December of 2013. Okay. And... My brother-in-law, um, his name's Chad Chapin. He's my oldest sister's husband. He's been in the industry for about fifteen, twenty years. Okay. And he came to me and was like, "Sis, I think you have a beautiful voice. Mm. You should try. You know, you should try this." And I said, "No, heck no." <laughs> um. And he goes, "Well, okay. You don't have to be a performer. Why don't you try songwriting?" Um, And I said, okay, fine, I'll do that. It's just me, you, and, you know, maybe another person in the room. Right. And so I fell in love with songwriting. Mm.
1: I'm Um, so glad you did. I mean, you're so good at it. And really just your music. My girls listen to your music. And it's just, and so do I. But it's so beautiful and touching. And it's funny to hear, it's really funny to hear that you didn't grow up singing all the time, going to, you know, voice lessons because my gosh, you can sing. I mean, that's incredible. That's a God given gift to you. So, okay. So your songwriting and then what kind of tips you over to actually singing?
0: Um, to be honest, it was a lot of people started forming around me. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the old team that I had in place as far as management label publishing and all that goes. Um, and they were all really encouraging it because they, you know, saw, Hey, this could, could be a thing. Right. Um, and so I kind of just started trusting in what they were saying as far as, you know, believing in my talent and my abilities and, um, and all of that. And yeah. so that helped a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I, I was a worship leader, um, kind of right in that same time period for about mm-hmm. two and a half years. And, that really helped me too, for me to realize that my voice isn't to glorify myself, and so right. it takes the pressure off when you're not trying to get approval from everyone. Yes. Else something that God's that's supposed such to a to good affirm. point.
1: Yes, you know I love that you bring that up because I think one of the big things is a lot of times people we make it about ourselves. Like I learned early in my speaking career when I think about it for my, about myself, like me on stage in front of people, it terrifies me. Mm -hmm. But when I think I have information that could unlock people's potential, I need to give it to them because God can do something through that. It totally releases the pressure. I mean, it's like, okay, well I'm just supposed to be here to help them. And when you look at yourself as a servant, like your music and your songwriting is actually serving a purpose and planting those seeds in people's heads, it changes a lot, I believe. So I love
0: that. That is so cool. Yeah, it it does. And through the Bible verse, um, I'm pretty sure it's in Ephesians and it says, you know, work not as if you're working for man, um, do everything cheerfully as if you're working for the Lord. Yeah. And so I've just really found whether I've been Um, You know, because there was was a transition period and I was cleaning houses. That was how I was making money, you know, a couple years ago. And and I've also now been able to sustain myself just through my socials. So it's like whether my job looks like a 9 to 5 or completely creative, I think that when we shift our heart to, okay, I'm not doing this for anyone else. Mm. I want, I'm, I'm doing this to glorify God. And I always say, and I legitimately mean this. If yeah. God woke me up tomorrow and said, I need you to go be a janitor, yeah. if that is the best way I could, you know, glorify him and love people well, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't called me to that, and I'm grateful, but if he did, he did, and right. so I think I think you're so right. Sometimes we just get in this mindset of like, oh, this is about, you know, how good I look, the right. best way I can do it, how good I sound, and it's like, no, we are here to love well and we are here to share that love and that's it (laughs) so
1: wise you are so wise okay so colby that brings me to the instagram post that i reached out to you about that i loved do you remember that one that i reached out to you and you said um on it instagram ain't reality y'all and you went through Um, can I read it? Do you mind if I read an excerpt for our listeners? You said real talk about eight months ago, I was going through extreme heartache, career change, and some severe depression episodes due to all that stress. I ended up losing 10 pounds. That's when I got these pants, which are cute, adorable pants on Instagram that you have now months later, I'm in the healthiest place I've been and my weight is back to normal. I didn't realize how snug these pants were until I put them on for this shoot. And I literally, all I could think of was the entire time was I couldn't wait to unzip them because I was cramping up a storm. So here's reality. Sometimes clothes don't fit anymore. Sometimes friendships don't last. Sometimes your life takes a turn you weren't expecting, but God is always good. Not just sometimes. Let's learn to laugh in the midst rather than tear ourselves down unzip your pants and it feels so much better. It's okay to go up a size. That was an awesome post. I mean, loved it. I loved it because I think like if people would look at your Instagram, there's beauty through and through, not just um, visually like you're so pretty, but just like your heart. But then thinking like a lot of times people think, you probably have no problems. Everything comes easy to you. You get Mm -hmm. everything you want. But when you were vulnerable and wrote that on Instagram with literally your pants unzipped because they were cramping your stomach, (laughs) it was like, Hey, it's the real, it's real. And I think a lot of times, um, we think the grass is greener elsewhere when really, if we can just be where God planted us in like the, all the reality that comes to that, it's just huge. And I felt like you specifically being a 23 year old girl who most i would say would never reveal that they would be in tears that their pants didn't fit and never confess hey this is what's happening but you brought some real truth to it that you know when you when those pants did fit you weren't healthy you know and there's a lot of that going on especially I think about young girls, um, mm-hmm. that they need to hear your voice because really when we can point our eyes to Jesus instead of how we look all the time and, um, it just makes things so much
0: simpler. Don't you think? Yeah. I, I think we live, um, in a double edged day and age, mm-hmm. which, um, sometimes it can be really, really good. The social media, the platforms, um, all and everything we have access to but it's a very easy turn to the other edge of the sword um, which is comparison jealousy uh, all of those emotions that we feel when we're scrolling through our instagram and see someone who we think is prettier healthier more opportunities more fit whatever it may be yeah um and and it's a really it's a really dangerous line to walk it is um it just is like, that's the sad truth. Mm, I know, you know,
1: so I am a mom of three kids. I have um, a 10 year old a nine year old and an eight year old and Lucy and Lola are my oldest, my nine and 10 year old. And I cringe at the thought of them being put into, I don't know, 13 to 23 really. And all those pressures. And what would you say to all of us moms and dads who listen? Like, what was the best advice you were given? Because social media is a big part of your life. How do you not get defined by that? And how do you find your worth in Jesus where, you know, the likes and the hearts and the comments, they matter, um, Mm -hmm. for you socially and for your business and that sort of thing. What would you tell these, you know, us moms that are growing kids into this next generation?
0: I have learned that you're either going to be in control of your social media or your social media will control you. Mm -hmm. Mm, I think that's that's a really important thing um, is making sure you're the one running ahead and leading it. Yeah. Because that's what I see all the time in young girls and guys um, is that their social media, the number of likes, the number of comments, how good the photo is, that is more in control of them and their joy Mm. than they are in control of it using that to show I had a fun trip or I got to see my mom or, you know, those kinds of things. Right. Um, and so to parents, (laughs) to be honest, I have seven nieces and nephews. Mm. My oldest niece is 10 years old as of next week, actually. And, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with, one, monitoring. Right. Um, I, I don't think that's done enough. I think parents nowadays try to be more friends than they do a parent. Uh-huh. And I have seen that hurt so many kids mm-hmm. because kids need parents just as much as we need God's discipline. Right. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with monitoring, making sure you're also aware of what they're seeing, what they're experiencing but also having honest and real conversation and opening Mm -hmm. up um, a door and making sure there's a freedom for them to come and say, you know, my friend posted this and it makes me really insecure or this person commented this. Mm -hmm. There needs to be freedom for weakness and freedom for vulnerability in that. Um, So I think that goes hand in hand with the being aware of, what your kid's seeing, what they're experiencing. Um, but also, you know, let's say you see something and they're not coming to you with it. You know, don't don't push that. I think that's the biggest thing when we're in this world of comparison and jealousy and all this stuff. Um, we want to, you know, we want to feel the freedom to go and talk to somebody about it. And right. so uh, it's just really opening that conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. And for my listeners to know, my kids are nowhere close to social media. I mean, I think they'll have to be really old before I even consider it because it does do mind games. And I do think there's research that's been out there and I don't have the statistics, but it truly does at a young age, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. I mean, I don't know. Maybe sixteen's a good age, or I don't eighteen. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I do I think know. there's things that their minds are still forming, and um, and so it's not a healthy thing at a young age. But um, but you have just done so well in the words of wisdom and the nuggets and the realness that you share. I think is probably so good for these, you know, twenty. 25-year-old girls, 18, 16, whatever, just to see your realness and the way you always point things to Jesus. I just love that about you. Okay, can you fill us in a little bit on your vlog and the Nashville family? What is the Nashville family? Who are these awesome people? Uh,
0: so um, I met all of my friends in the Nashville family around nine months ago. And we just hung out all the time. We, you know, would take adventures and do all of this crazy stuff. Um, and so maybe six months ago, we were like, we should just start bringing a vlog camera um, and just, you know, kind of show what we do, um, how we have fun and, and those kinds of things. And so it's just turned into this little community, this little family. Um, and even with the following that it's gained of, of, us just kind of being real and showing us having fun, but also having deep conversations sometimes. And, um, yeah, we're just a bunch of creatives in Nashville that needed another outlet. <laughs> um, and so that's what we used And so it's been, been really fun. And through that, I've been able to, you know, through figuring out what that is, I've been able to figure out what my blog side of things looks like. Right. So that's where... I've been for my vlogging and and it's been really exciting to kind of nail down my vision for myself in that area and and what I want to say and all of that.
1: I love that. Okay. Now I have some listeners that might be a little older. So for, for those that are a little older, can you explain what a vlog is? Yes.
0: So (laughs) a vlog is, and that's, that's not blog. It's vlog with a V. Mm -hmm. Um, so a vlog is a video diary, mm-hmm. basically. Um, some people use it to, you know, show their travel, show their experiences. Some people use it to sit in front of the camera and share their heart on a topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be used in any way you desire, but it is basically video diary that you put on youtube
1: love that i love that that is so cool okay so one of my favorite questions i ask on our show before we close is what is your next big dream (gasps) oh my gosh my next big dream um to be proposed to by my (laughs) boy which he's adorable so and so are you so he should (laughs) but that's yeah that's a a good dream
0: (laughs) he's gonna laugh when he makes that Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But my next big dream, um, man, I have, I have so many, I was blessed with parents who, um, never pushed me to pinhole myself into one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they always gave me the, the freedom to pursue 10 things at once. Yes. Um, so I think I've been in that, in that, time of, okay, what is my next big dream? Because I have accomplished, you know, a lot of big things for such a young age. Um, so my next big dream, um, I, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shaping up my branding right now and my vlogs and just, what I want my social media presence to be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really hoping that that can port into how I um, go out and speak to the world. Um, I've, yeah, and I've, I've done speaking for a long time. Um, but this is kind of helping me shape up what I really want that to look like and what my message is. Yeah. So, you know, honestly, my, my next dream is to just hit a new, goal of the amount of people that I reach. It has right. nothing to do with, you know, my desire for numbers. I just right. think God's given me a lot to say, um, about some serious things that aren't talked about a lot. And so yeah. I'm just really believing for, um, for more opportunity, uh, to be able to speak into young girls' lives about these things. And, Um, yeah, that's my next
1: big dream. Oh, that's a good dream. Now let me ask you a question because something just pinged me yesterday and you could be a great resource and and help for this. I am wanting to do a retreat, a mother-daughter retreat for my little girl who's going into fifth grade because that's when I feel like there's going to be a lot of things thrown at her. She's Mm -hmm. so innocent right now, which I just love and want to bottle up forever. But I also in an effort to protect her need to educate her on stuff. How young do you speak when you're out speaking to groups of girls? So,
0: um, I traveled with a nonprofit that I, was partnered up with and helped start for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And we spoke to middle school um, okay. and high school and, you know, it's just scary. It's a scary day and age when you're like, there's really no, not too young nowadays. Right. Um, but like I was saying earlier, I have a niece who is about to be 10 and, um, even with her, I see the things she's already been exposed to, um, and um, and so I would say, well, I would say nine, ten years yeah. old is kind of the age. Yeah. It's Not even that you want to; it's that you have to. Now that's the thing. Uh, because yeah. yeah, because the first thing that they hear about these serious topics, like statistics show, the first time a kid hears about sex, the first time a kid hears about um, you know alcohol or these serious topics, that first time is actually what. Goes the distance with them and sticks mm-hmm. with them because it's their first um, knowledge of it. Even if they hear something different for the next ten years, wow. their first exposure is what sticks. So wow. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. As uncomfortable as it is to sit down with a nine or a ten year old and say, "There's porn on the internet. Mm-hmm. There's sex on the internet. There are these things and that thing." As uncomfortable as that is, I would rather be the first one sharing it with them right. and making sure they know. But that's not okay. Well, here's how we should address it. I would rather do that than than be exposed to the really big lies out
1: there. I I 100% believe you. But as a parent sitting on the edge of it, it's weird. I told Lucy the other day, I said, um, I've never parented a 10-year-old before. And so I'm new at this. And she's like, well, I'm brand new at being 10. So we're in this together, Uh mom. And I think about that like every you know, especially with your first, it's like, okay, how am I going to do this? I want to do it right. I want to do it well. And it's just, mind boggling to me that we're already at those conversations, like just the, how quick life goes. And I'm like, but I want to capture her mind to stay focused on Jesus. And I know so many of our listeners do with their young girls and young boys that want to capture their hearts and understand that, yes, they probably will hear this stuff, but if they hear the truth about it and the way God feels about Mm -hmm. it before they hear all the lies that are told and believe that that's so powerful. Well, that's amazing. I just am so thankful for your voice in this world and for your impact on young girls, you know, that need a good role model to see all the good that you're doing. And so I just want to thank you so much for your time and, um, just sharing your heart with so many people. So thank you so much, Colby.
0: Thank you so, so much. This is my first, first podcast interview. Thank you for having me. Well, you are awesome girl.
1: Thank you so much. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to sarahnoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.